All right. Hi, I'm Julie Yuramez with Take One Patient. I am so excited to be talking to my very, very dear friend and respected colleague, uh, Ms. Shereen Washington. Um, so she has been working with uh, dentists across the, not just country, like really kind of all over about how to really optimize their sales process, how to optimize their communication process. And I think that as we look at, you know, different ways to communicate effectively to patients as we start recording, you know, more and more visits, I think taking some ideas from elective medicine, from, from physicians that actually have more of a, you know, pay for the procedures that we're doing mentality and how we can really apply it um, into just day-to-day -day nursing and basic doctor conversations. So today, corniness here is with Shireen Washington. Take one. So Shireen, <laughs> so tell me a little bit, um, tell me a little bit about what, what you do and what you do now for dentists to help them improve uh, the way that they communicate. Yes. So we know each other from, from Clear Choice, our days at Clear Choice working in sales. And I transitioned from working in a sales capacity to really my true passion, which is being a sales trainer. So I'm a sales trainer, coach, and, dent and trusted dental advisor. And I train dentists and their treatment presenters how to close five-figure cases on the same day of the consultation paid in full. And so a lot of what I do is even just introducing sales, the, the word sales to a lot of offices because that word is taboo sometimes. So I start with that and then we basically create a repeatable sales process that allows them to drive revenue through the doors of their practice. So, so under, and I, and I recognize that as far as like sales has this, has this dirty word, even, even with, you know, a lot of, you know, our clients, you know, a hospital is still a business. And, and unfortunately, you know, it is the nature of, you know, we do have to, Pay. Patients do have to pay, whether it be insurance or right out of pocket, in order to get treatment. Um, why do you think that that is such a, a, a hard mentality for people to wrap themselves around? Or why is sales such a you know dirty word when it comes to medicine? Yeah. Well, I think for most people, they when they think of sales, they think back to a maybe a bad interaction that they personally had with the salesperson whether it be purchasing a car or purchasing a high dollar ticket item. And they get this vision in their mind of being backed into a corner and someone pushing them and forcing them to do something. But speaking to your point, sales exists in essentially every business. There's no getting around it, right? But if you see sales from the perspective of this person is coming to me with a need. And I have something that will solve that need. So this is a mutual exchange. It's a conversation to see if what I offer is going to help solve their problem. And I have an obligation to serve this person because they need my help. Right. If you look at it from that perspective, it kind of takes the bad out of what most people associate the word sales with, if that right. makes any sense. Right. Because I think it goes even back to kind of those old old movies or those old sales movies where, you know, I know more than you and I'm going to manipulate you and convince you to do something that you don't necessarily need or that's going to be double what you, is actually the value is. And yeah. so I love that what you're saying is, you know, when we take a step back and, and stop thinking of that conversation and that, you know, 
kind of teamwork, if you will, on I'm going to get something from you or you're going to get something from me and more of, all right, how do we figure this out together? Yeah. Um, it really strengthens kind of that, that conversation and, and turns it from, all right, this isn't a sales thing is more of a, you know, mutual exchange of value. Absolutely. Yeah. This is like a collaborative, right? This is a collaborative effort where I have something that you potentially need and we're going to talk about it and figure out if this is a good fit. And if it's not a good fit and it's a no for now, that's okay too. Right. And if someone in the sales uh, industry is really passionate about what they do at the end of the day, if what you offer is not a good fit for your client, you should feel okay to even recommend another service for them. That's going to be a better fit. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and, and that's important. Right. Well, I think it also goes back to, you know, me as a patient, I would have, or my dad, for example, he had even neurosurgery. So he has no ability to understand the skill set of the doctor that he's talking to. He has no ability to even recognize, are they awesome at this? Are they terrible about this? I mean, you can see reviews and you can see, you know, if they're board certified and all of those pieces, but there's no way that you have that. Um, mm -hmm. The only way that you really can understand, okay, is this a good fit for me? Is this the right person to entrust, you know, my body to is kind of by the way they come across is kind of by the way that they are communicating about their skill level and, and themselves. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so I think, as you said, is that it's like, you know, if, if it's a, a mutual change of value and a good conversation and a doctor saying, hey, this might not be the best for you or I might not be the best for you. Um, it, it's kind of more of that versus like, let me manipulate you and convince you to do something that you don't need. Yeah, exactly. I, I always use the example when I go to my primary care, I, I never, I mean, the word sales doesn't even pop into my mind if if I'm going to my primary care. But if my doctor said, Shireen, you're complaining of chest pains, I think we need to have an EKG. If that EKG isn't covered with my insurance, I'm not thinking that my primary care is out to get me. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to say, doesn't matter whether or not my insurance is going to cover it. If you recommend an EKG, let's do it. Right. And we take action. Right. But, but why is it different when we have a patient that goes to the dentist? Right. And, and, and the dentist says, listen, we've got major infection here. You've got three teeth that need to be, be, need to be extracted like as soon as possible. Let's go ahead and get this. Why does the conversation change? Yeah, yeah. And why as a salesperson are we afraid to help? There's no right. difference. It's still medicine. It's still the body. Sure. Right? So we have to really change our mindset. Well, and the other space that, you know, you and I have both worked in quite a bit, um, it's not even just like dentistry, but plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, you know, bariatric surgery. You know, I learned, you know, getting more into the hospital setting, you know, even a lot of these physicians will say even a hip replacement or a knee replacement. Mm -hmm. It may not be something that's needed right away. It may be something even that you decide to wait three or four years, but the same thing is going as you're coming into a situation of this is something that I need. It may not be an emergency, but I'm coming to you with some concerns. I'm coming to you with some questions um, about something that is not comfortable with my body, even with my perception of my body. If it's plastic surgery or liposuction, it's like I'm not in a healthy, um, full, complete space or self. Um, and then come doctor, help me. Um, and it is kind of like that. It, it is, yes, it's that communication, mutual exchange of value, but it's also like, all right, let me start educating you and influencing you about what might be necessary. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I, I agree with what you're saying on a personal level because I'm a bariatric patient. Uh, I'm also a plastic surgery patient. I had all the skin removed after I had weight loss surgery. And I always tell people, I went to several different offices to have consults. And I told the patient coordinator that I was paying cash for my treatment. And no one asked me if I was ready to do it. And I was wanting someone to ask me. And if they had asked me, I would have never thought, oh, this person is this person is sleazy. This person is slimy. This person is trying to get my money. Right. I'm waiting for someone to lead me to help make my decision right. here yeah. because I wanted it and I had already mentally prepared to do it. Sure. But why did I have to go to five different offices? Right. Well, and that's interesting. Help me. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to take that step. Just hold my hand and walk with me with it. You know what I mean? I'm ready to do something because you are, you don't know anything about, you know, that procedure before walking into an office, you know, you're expecting them to kind of be experts, guide out the steps and say, let's do this thing. You made the choice to walk in, let's go. And, mm -hmm. and instead of being like, well, think about it or whatever you want to do, it wasn't that, Hey, like walking in was you saying yes before you even came in, you know, that's it. That's it. So, I mean, I think that the, the moral of the story is why are we afraid to ask? Yeah. We, we don't need that? to be afraid to ask if a patient is ready and we don't need to be afraid to be confident and poised and, and relaxed and having that conversation. Sure. You know? Well, I think that that really can apply again, even to outside of just cosmetic surgery. I mean, working with a lot of, you know, neurosurgeons, um, even orthopedic surgeons, you know, a lot of them are in that same space as a, a patient may be considering three or four doctors. Um, they may not be considering, do I do it or not? They may be considering different people. And I do think that that confidence of I'm going to take care of you, let's do this thing, um, does make a patient gain more trust uh, in that provider. Uh, they're that confident to say, you should do this. Let's go. Um, it doesn't come off as manipulative or overbearing or salesy. It comes across as confident. And I don't know, yes. how, you know, people, they're not thinking I can just say that, you know? Yeah. Well, and, you know, consumers are more educated than we think that they are. Uh, and the internet makes it easy for people to kind of like, okay, these are my options. And I think a lot of people look at their options and they are literally looking for a reason to say, nope. All right. I'm going to X this person off. Nope. You know, yeah. we're looking for that. Yeah. And so as a doctor, whatever field of medicine, what are you willing to do to stand out above the rest to make it easy for the patient to choose you? You know, like you said, it's just back to that confidence. It's, it's okay to toot our own horn. It's okay to let a patient know like, wow, I would love to have you as my patient. Right. If as a patient, a doctor said that to me, you would love to have me as a patient? Right. Sign me up. Yeah, right. You right. know? Yeah. It's that empathy kind of goes with it of like, I'll take care of you. I've, I've got you, you know, yeah. in there too. So when you are working, I mean, so you work with a lot of different dentists, you know, across the country. Um, what would you say separates the doctors that do, not necessarily sale, but do communicate really well from those that don't? What do you think are, is the biggest differentiator between them? I think the doctors that get that when they meet with a patient, that it's not about their agenda. Those are the, the I, I would say those are the doctors that are really successful. Number sure. one, they're not afraid to invest in training. Sure. 
And uh, because training is an, you know, you don't like pay for training and like, okay, yep, I don't need it anymore. The doctors that realize like, I, I want to level up. I want to be better in the industry. I want to dictate my own schedule. I want to dominate. I want to be able to have a three or four day work week instead of a five day work week. Those are the doctors that really put forth the effort in being better communicators with their patients. They learn to listen more than talk. They are naturally very, very curious. Sure. Yeah. They, they, um, they're open to even changing up how they do things because a lot of the doctors who I help, I have to like totally revamp how they do things. I have to revamp their patient funnel. I have to, if I have them do a virtual tour of their office, I might tell them, nope, you can't present treatment in that room. You got to present it over here. Yeah. And those doctors that are like, okay, Shireen, and they trust me and they're willing to try things and they're willing yeah. to see if it feels uncomfortable. Those are the doctors that, that thrive and do really well at communicating with their patients. You know, it's so interesting you say that because we were just, uh, I had the opportunity to, to work with the director of patient experience and have her on a, a, a few of these. And she was talking about, you know, I was like, hey, what are one of the three things that you would say um, in a hospital setting separates, you know, your top communicators from those that aren't? And she said, you know, she had, she had her list of, you know, sit down and, and it was a lot of body language. But one of the things that she did say is she said, they make sure that they're asking like, what is it that you understand about this and ask a lot more questions because the act of making sure that a patient is really comprehending what they're needing and what you can do to help them is a huge piece for patient experience and patients to have a better experience with their provider. And oftentimes the doctor will think, Hey, I can just tell you Tara, spend five minutes talking at you or talking with you, which is a difference, but talking at you and, and you'll know everything that you need. And she says, no, no, that's not it. It's, it's that extra, you know, two minutes of being like, do you understand what we're going to do? Like, are you comfortable with how we're going to move forward? Like where, how do you feel about what we're thinking? Um, Mm -hmm. And really having just even a few of those conversations. I know in dentistry in a consultative space, there's a consultant doing a lot more of that. I remember that too. We're talking more even in like a, a, a critical care floor or an ICU acute care setting where a doctor only maybe has five or six minutes to provide the update that this patient needs. And that's that little time of like, how do you feel about what we're thinking about doing? Do you understand what's going to be happening? Um, tell me how you're feeling. And just those three questions after the piece at the end kind of goes back to just what you said is it's takes away from their agenda, what they're going to be doing and make sure it turns into a conversation um, to learn and listen more than they're talking. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that we don't give patients enough credit. Uh, I think that a lot of patients, I know even just speaking myself, when I go to the doctor, if I don't feel well, I'm almost kind of like diagnosing myself. I think a lot of people are like, oh man, I think I have bronchitis. I need to go to the doctor. Or I think I got this. I think I got that. We can go online and we can diagnose ourselves. Right. So when we go in to the doctor, I, you know, I always love a doctor that's like, so what are you thinking is going on? Cause like, I know my body. Yeah. I love to, and I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor, but yeah. the fact that you asked me, you thought to ask me, you already have my attention, you know? Right. 
I think the right. biggest piece of somebody says to me, what, what advice would you give to any doctor? I think the biggest piece of advice, I'm going to be doing a webinar in just a little bit, and we're going to be talking about this, is, is really slowing down and watching your pace and even saying out loud to a patient, let's slow things down for a moment. Yeah. Let's slow things down. Like if somebody said that to me in a medical office, I'd be like, okay. Right. I'd almost be like, okay, we're going to slow this thing down. <laughs> All right, let's, let's leave back here. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And now you have my attention. Yeah. Because you're telling me just the idea of that and, and changing your tone and your inflection and your voice helps me to be at attention because now I, you, you're getting ready to say something to me that's very important and I need to be listening. Well, and it's interesting even the way that you're saying that again in, in, in your space and thinking about my nurses and my doctors that are in a more of an acute care setting um, where they're going in and rounding on each patient in the morning, oftentimes like 5 a.m., 5, 10 minutes they're going in each room, that even if they know I only have that five minutes to be in there, that they come in and say, okay, I'm going to sit down with you for a second, which was a great you know, idea someone else had provided. And we're going to slow things down and we're just going to talk. Even if they spend the same amount of time, the perception of that patient is I have nowhere to be. I'm going to be doing this like slowly and calmly. And we're going to, we're going to make sure that we're both in the same space. But as you said, as a patient listening to that, all of a sudden, I'm not thinking about the list of what I need to do. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. I'm not thinking about the fight I had with my boyfriend. Like, I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm like, oh, wait, we're, we're, okay, I'm, I'm with you. We need to yep. fit like, yep. like, and, we're right. and it reminds both of them. And it's, so even if a doctor's saying, you know, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to slow things down, and we're going to have a talk, that little agenda of making sure that the patient says, hey, we're going to, this is what this is going to look like for the next four or five minutes of our dialogue. It's not necessarily about spending 20 minutes. It's making sure that that little bit of time is used effectively. That's it. Itself. I love that. I love that. I'm like thinking about, as you're saying, of like how applicable that is into this hospital settings of, you know, let's just take a minute. We're going to slow down. And, and it gives you that mental note as well as makes the patient have that mental note. I love that. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's so applicable. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You know, you, so, so medical memory, I, I work with that, that they use video um, where they're actually then recording those conversations. So, you know, you have that slowdown, you have that check-in. So not only the patient can reaccess it, but also the family members can access that, mm -hmm. um, which makes me think about, gosh, what a great even perspective for a family member to see a doctor saying, Hey, I'm going to come in and we're going to slow things down and, and let's really sit and talk for a minute about this. Um, so, so that's how we're using medical memory. Now you use medical memory in a totally different capacity where you're actually not giving the patient necessarily a copy of the video, but more so using it to record the doctor and provide feedback on the way that the doctor is communicating um, about, about their consultation. What made you start to even think about using video as it relates to improving communication? Well, I wasn't a big fan of having to be recorded years ago working as a consultative salesperson. And it was mainly because I looked at it the wrong way. And I thought, well, somebody's looking at my video as I'm doing my consultations to judge me or to see what I'm doing wrong. Right. It wasn't until I really started watching myself on video that I had such an appreciation for it 
because there were a lot of non-verbals that I was guilty of that I, I didn't realize. Yeah. My facial expressions, uh, my ability to catch where someone maybe wasn't quite understanding what I was saying. I wasn't looking at their body language that would help me to really um, clear my message. And now that I have my clients using video, it, it's a game changer because, well, it's the closest thing to me being there without doctors having to pay me to actually fly to their office. Sure, sure. But it's really focusing on the things that they do really, really well, because it's not just the doctors, the treatment coordinator too, but then those, it's those missed opportunities that because they say things, it becomes their song. And they say things all the time that I, I'm able to provide them with really great feedback and saying, instead of using the word cheap, like we got to think of another word that yeah. we can use instead of saying cheap because it devalues the treatment. Can we say that another, um, another affordable option might be, you know, yeah. I'm also noticing with medical memory and watching is so powerful. Um, I can watch a medical memory video and when I'm done, I can confidently say as a coach, I know exactly where that went wrong. I know exactly the moment down to the minute on the video <laughs> where it unraveled. Yeah. Like you had it, yeah. but then it like went this direction. And here's why. Yeah. All right. And then here's why we don't do it here. But then maybe that conversation, you put it here. Right. It's, it's so dynamic. The key is, 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 you know, you've got to have people that are open to hearing the feedback. And right. say, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. As opposed to somebody like resisting it. Um, but it's, it's, it's so powerful. What you almost said, which was interesting is, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first thing that you, when you started using video is the first thing was just simply seeing yourself. Like, even if you don't have a coach, even if you don't have anybody that's able to look at these videos. So even for like, again, going back to any nurse or any doctor, maybe taking one day to say, you know, I wonder how I come across and watching just a couple of their own videos in and of itself would have a pretty profound effect in shifting some things that they would do communication wise. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and when you start doing it, you're looking at the wrong things. Oh my God, that angle, my chin, I look fat. That, 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 that. You know, you're looking at all the wrong things. Right. We don't need to look at that. We just need to look at my hands, my face. One of the first things I noticed in video was that I did this a lot. And I wasn't even listening. I could tell that I wasn't listening because the patient would ask me a question and I had to say, can you say that again? Yeah. I was doing things like subconsciously. I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah. You know, and then when I wasn't on video, I was like, okay, I had like this internal dialogue before I, you know, did my consult. That's like, okay, so I know I'm not going to do this. I'm going to work on this and I'm going to work on that. So you're, you're almost like coaching yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still remember when I watched myself uh, on video the first few times, I could not believe how, how fast I talk. I, and I still talk too fast. It's just my my like learning how to sell on the East coast and in New York, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I was like, you know, this patient is missing even half of the things that I'm saying because it's just too fast. And 
I should have taken that advice and like, okay, we're just going to slow things down. <laughs> I feel like, let's really talk about this. It would have been a good like mental check to be like, okay, so we're just going to slow things down and, and uh, like, let's make sure we're on the same page. Even having a moment of that in that big, you know, consultation, I couldn't believe how fast I talked. And, and it was a huge like gut check of like jewels. Like, <laughs> my goodness. Like, <laughs> Well, and, and that's another thing. I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so there's a lot of like cultural, like, you know, nuances that we have. It's sort of ingrained in us. It doesn't mean that we can't change it, but certainly we need to be aware of it. Talking yeah. fast, talking too much, yeah. um, being overly animated. I mean, these are all things that can be tweaked yeah. if you see yourself doing it. Honestly, see yourself honestly. Yeah, absolutely. So I love this, Shereen, and I love, I love already that one, that one thing you said as far as this is a great way to just like make sure we're on the same page. I'm gonna slow things down. That that's my biggest takeaway. Or what do you say? You say in your in your things, you're like, this is your one. What do you call it? It's like your hot thing. I can't remember. I watched one of your webinars <laughs> once, and you're like, this is the one thing you should remember. Write this down. Oh, I do that. say write this down. I do always say write this down. Write this down. So what? What outside of you know that 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 piece what would be the other kind of two biggest things that you would say um in your space would be useful for you know knowing what you know about nurses or doctors and kind of what i've explained to you what would be the other two things from your expertise do you think that they could also add outside of like that let's slow this down and, and reminding themselves to slow down what would be two other things um i would think i would say checking in um and checking in very early in the conversation i think that when i watch uh, doctors, or I watch anyone who comes into the room for the first time, we we jump in immediately to like our purpose. Yeah. And I think that we have to like stop for a second and, and think we don't know what happened to this patient even before they like got there. Like, we don't know if they, you know, were in traffic. We don't know if they were in an accident. We don't know anything. And so I think going into the room and just saying, how has your, vi what, how's your, vi your visit been today? You know, and being mindful of how you ask that question. Yeah. And pausing. Yeah. Actually just counting in your head three seconds. How has your visit been today with our team? And then let the, letting them respond. And then when they're done responding, count to yourself. One, two, three. Well, one, and that's so applicable. Yeah. And so how and that's so applicable of like how how are you feeling today? How is the nurse team treating you? How is the, you know, how's it how have you been treated at your stay? You know, if they've been there for a little ways of, of even if it's something a doctor can't do, like oh, I'm just cold or I'm hungry or I'm nervous like you know at least that that i'm i'm hurt someone's asking me and i'm gonna be heard is huge and and how you ask right so most people if they're coming in they have a clipboard or something and they have papers they're like hey how are you doing all right today all right so what we're gonna do is that the way that i just said that is like okay check 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 i don't even care what the person said they could have told me they had a bad day i'm just asking yeah. Because I know that's the right thing to do. Yeah. If you come into a room and you say, hi, I'm Shireen. Your name is? Nice to meet you. You doing okay today? One, two, three. <laughs> no, 
right? There's a difference. Yeah, there's a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. So it's just how you do it. Yeah. Slow it down. Really listen. And if the person says, oh, today was an okay day. Some people would say, okay, great. Well, actually, no, it's not. How difficult is it to say, are you sure? Yeah. I'm not too convinced. Yeah. Oh, I had a horrible day. I went to Some people just want to say, they want to share. Yeah. Right? That in itself builds trust. Yeah. People are wanting, especially now with COVID, you know, the, everything has changed. You go to the doctor now, there's all these formalities. You got to call before you go in. You got to have your mask. But so we have dehumanized really patient interaction. Yeah. It, it's tough. I don't even like going to the doctor now. You got to call. And then sometimes they're nasty. Well, we're going to come get you. And then you come in. You, it yeah. just. So what can we do? Yeah. Despite the world that we live in right now to really help people feel important. Because the world that we're living in right now, it, it brings us down a notch. So yeah. it's the small things, you know. Shereen, you're a treat, always. <laughs> I just so appreciate your intellect and your wisdom. And I think, you know, so many of the things that you're saying are so applicable. It's 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 just crazy. So, you know, I love I love what you're mentioning. You're like, you know, these are the hot things, these are the things that write down. Um, and I think as we kind of, you know, continue to you know, record patient videos. We've recorded, you know, about, I think about 88,000 videos. I think these little tiny nuggets that take no time, like very little time can be so applicable to make people feel more comfortable recording themselves, more comfortable giving patients these video messages um, and just feeling like more equipped with tools in their tool, tool belt, Lord, <laughs> tool belt um, to really give that patient a great experience and, and, and eventually, the more they practice it, they don't have to think about it. It's just this yeah. every time, um, you know, to get into that comfortable space. So uh, thank you so much for your time and for, for teaching us about your world a little bit. Uh, I appreciate you. And I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much.